You guys ready to get in the Word? Before we get into another series on the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I want to talk to you today about how important your confession is. And I really want to talk to you today about your words. Because your words are dominating your life, whether you know it or not. This is a word planet. What I mean by that is this planet, everything we see here was created by things that we cannot see, God's words. Everything in the universe, the Bible says, is held together by the word of his power. It doesn't say the power of his word. It says the word of his power because God's power is in his word. So if he can get you to believe his word in your heart and speak it out of your mouth, it literally will bring his power right into the situation in your life. And God doesn't deal with symptoms. He deals with the root issue. And then his word will work its way out and change everything in your life. So turn in your Bibles to John chapter 6 and verse 63. We're just going to launch off here. This scripture has been going off in my heart. It says here, it is the spirit that quickeneth the flesh profits nothing the spirit the mighty holy spirit within you quickens you your spirit is constantly being made alive it's eternal the flesh doesn't profit you spiritually now the flesh is important don't get me wrong. You know, people say, well, I don't exercise because, you know, I'm too spiritual for that. Because, you know, exercise, it just profits a little. Yeah, but that little bit is here on the earth. You know, because if you don't have a body, you can't stay on the planet. Does that make sense? So, so this is why we're not saying it's not important. But when you start to talk about things that quicken and bring to life, then he says here, the words that I speak, they are spirit and they are life. And we know that word life is the Greek word zoe. The words that God speak are full of zoe life. That, that is not natural life, it's the life of God. So Jesus came, it's interesting, who is Jesus in the beginning was the Word, John 1, 1. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. Down in verse 14, it says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory. The glory is of the only begotten Son of God, full, 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 full of grace, full of truth. He is the Word. His eternal name, Jesus' eternal name, is the Word of God. And the word of God is full of Zoe life. This is why in John 10, 10, Jesus said, listen, there's a thief here. He comes to steal and to kill and destroy. But Jesus said, but I have come that you might have Zoe life and have it more abundantly. So your words are going to either cause you to walk in Zoe life or if you speak out of your flesh, and you speak things contrary to the word, it will cause you to walk in death. That's how important it is. Words, you got to know this, they're not sounds, they're not noise. Words are spirit. 
They're life. Words are spirits, so these words live. This is why when you read your Bible, don't worry if you don't understand it when you're reading it right away. Because it's spirit. It's not just ink on a page. The Holy Spirit's down on the inside of you. And if you'll put Him first, if you'll put the Word first, if you incline your ear to the Word and give it your undivided attention, if you keep it in the midst of your heart, if you keep it before your eyes, well, how do you do that? By it always coming out of your mouth. Then it's life. It's zoe life to those that find it. And it's health or medicine to all your flesh. Your mouth How you take your medicine is speaking over your body. Let let the word of God, Father, I thank you. I'm going to live long on this earth. I'm going to live strong on this earth. Right? I thank you that my blood is going to stay right. Right? I thank you that cancer can't live in my body, that every organ is going to live and function properly all the days of my life, that my joints and my teeth and my eyes are all going to... I mean, what am I doing? I'm taking my medicine. It's life to those that find them. And you're going to see this, and we're not going to go into this a whole lot because I've talked about this before, but God's words always are going to do something. They're they're going out to accomplish something. They're going out to change. His words are enablements. So when God says to you, you can do all things through Christ, which strengthens you, what that does is it strengthens you to do all things. When you hear God say, be strong in the Lord, and in the power of His might, that enables you to be strong. In the midst of you feeling weak. So that's why you got to rise up. He, it says, let the weak say they're strong. Let the poor say they're rich. Why? Because you've already been given this. And this is how you walk in it. In Matthew, you don't have to turn there. Matthew 24, 35 even says, heaven and earth shall pass away. Heaven and earth is going to change from one condition to another, but my words shall not pass away. It's hilarious that in the last couple decades, they've proven that words, every word spoken is still here. They're actually trying to figure out how that they can locate and and get something, some technology where they can go back so that they can hear words that were spoken. Could you imagine? I mean, I've got some great CD series from Brother Hagen and some people that I listen to, but could you imagine being able to just literally hear Jesus preaching? You know you can right now, though. You have it. He's the Holy Spirit. He'll be like, oh, you know, no, no problem. Have you ever meditated on Scripture? I've been where the woman, I've, I've, I've sensed the woman with the issue of blood. I've sensed, you know, I mean, that's how revelation knowledge comes. You start living. When you put the word first place, you'll start living in there. You're living, I, you know, you're there when they're marching around Jericho. You're there in the fiery furnace. I mean, it's amazing. Why? Because his word is alive. 
He also says this, not only will his word not pass away, but in the 119th Psalm, in verse 89, it says this, Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. It's unchangeable. Satan can't get it and change it or corrupt it. It's incorruptible. You and I have been born again by the incorruptible word of God. I love that. In Psalm 138, in verse 2, at the end of the verse, it talks about how that God has magnified his word above all of his name. See, God can't just say his name because he's so vast, he has to say all of my name. So that means that God says, I put my words above even my name. That means I will submit to my word. If I've spoken it, I will bring it to pass. Notice, why does God say that? Because faith can only come if you hear his words. Many listen to his word and choose not to believe it. But if you'll hear it and you'll believe it, now it'll work for you. Faith will be birthed. Faith comes when you hear the voice of God in your spirit and the word of God talks to you. It goes on to say in Numbers 23, 19 that God is not a man that he should lie. Neither is he the son of man that he should repent. That means that he should change. God doesn't lie and God doesn't change. Then he says this, has he spoken something? Or has he, has he said, and shall he not do it? The answer to that is, oh no, if he said it, he'll do it. Has he spoken something, and shall he not bring it to pass? He wants you to know that his word is unchangeable, and if you'll speak his word, nothing can stop it from coming to pass. Amen. So think about that. Just think about all things are possible to him who believes. Do we ever have anything to be bummed out about? Not if we believe his word. I mean, you could mess up your life. Oh my gosh. I mean, I, I've done a wonderful job of that in my past. And, and God comes in and just turns everything right side up if you'll let him. Because see, his word is life. And he already, he's already given all this stuff to you. There's already a path. He doesn't have to make the path. It's already there. And oh, now the very Holy Spirit of God will come into your life and walk you right into it. Jeremiah chapter 1 in verse 12. Look at what it says. God, it says, Then said the Lord unto me. Now notice that. All you got to hear is that. Then said the Lord unto me. It's done. Because now if he speaks, it means it can't be changed. It's settled in heaven. It will never change. Never. A million years from now, when Jesus is talking to me about this next assignment that I might have, I'm going to look at it and go, oh, that sure is a lot bigger than me. But I'm just going to rejoice because I'm going to be like, man, every time he says something, it's done. Look at, because see, whatever, whatever we're doing in eternity, a million years, two million years from now, you know that's real, right? 
You know, so many Christians are living like they don't believe that Jesus is real and don't believe the Bible. I'm so grateful that we do. Two million years from now, do you know what Jesus is going to be doing? Watching, it says it right here, for I will hasten, that Hebrew word means this, I will watch over my word to perform it. I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit is still going to be bringing revelation to us throughout eternity. I mean, we're going to be talking, and we're just going to be like, oh my gosh, I saw something in the Word about God's love for me that is just forever changing my life. And then we'll say the Scripture. You know, if Pastor Edwin and I are talking, and I'm just going to be like, okay, it seems like, it seems like I see something new in this. I've seen something new for the last million years. And Edwin will be like, yeah, this is amazing. Right? Why? Because it's the Word of God. He watches over His Word to perform it. So now fast forward. Now you have Jesus in the wilderness. Right? He gets baptized in the Holy Spirit. So now in the Jordan River, the Holy Spirit as a dove comes down and comes upon Jesus. We learn later that Jesus had the Spirit without measure. Each of us individually have the Spirit with measure. I have a measure of the Holy Spirit. And that measure is enough to take me over in everything. I love that Old Testament scripture that we always read wrong. When the big bad, you know, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Holy Spirit raises up a standard against him. No, 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 no. That's not biblical. When the whole, when, when, what is it? When the enemy comes in, like the little loser that he is. The Spirit of God, like a flood, raises up a standard against him. You know how he does that? Study those Hebrew words. You know how he does that? He gives you a word to say, and then you speak it, and that's the standard. It's God's word. Satan does not want to mess with God. He tried doing that once. It didn't turn so out so good to him as he was cast to the earth, right? As lightning. Man, you think, you think a 90-mile-an-hour fastball, what about, I mean, if God pitched, it's the speed of light. Plus. Right? You'd have to step in the future to even be able to probably see it. Why am I saying this? So Jesus, he receives this, and then the Spirit of God, what does he do? He immediately starts leading, because he's here to lead. And, he, and he's leading Jesus up into the wilderness because he's going to lead Jesus into a place where he's going to learn that what he's been given is more than he'll ever need. And so for 40 days and 40 nights, he's fasting, the enemy's coming at him, and at the end of this, when starvation returns, medical, uh, medical science tells us when, whenever you stop eating after about three days, your desire for food kind of goes away. And then at the 40-day mark, it comes back because now every system in your body's depleted. And it's a starvation hunger because if you don't eat, you'll die, right? And so isn't that just like Satan at your weakest moment? When Jesus comes out, he's starving. And Satan comes to him and goes, now how did he come to him? In his mind. Didn't, doesn't it say that Jesus was tempted just like you and I, right? 
So he came to him in his mind, and he goes, if, if, if you're the son of God, he's always trying to come against our identity. Right? If, Lisa, if you're a child of God. No, there's no if there. Right? So he says, command that these stones be made bread. Now it had to be, he had to have authority to do that because otherwise it wouldn't be a temptation. Right? Like Satan wouldn't come to me today and go, oh, I just, I'm tempting you to go buy a 7 Series BMW today and pay cash for it. That's not a temptation. Now, it, it maybe it will be someday when I have that money, but I don't have the money right now, and so, right? Or I don't have the money manifested in my life, I should say that, right? right? So it's not a temptation, but this could have been a temptation for Jesus, or it was. But what did Jesus, how did Jesus respond? Notice he didn't even respond to the if you be the son of God thing, right? Because he, he is the son of God. But notice how the God, full of the Spirit, how he responded. When you walk full of the Spirit, you'll always respond, it is written. And he now, in Matthew 4.4, he's quoting Deuteronomy 8.3. And he says to Satan, it is written. Now notice, he didn't acknowledge Satan. He just spoke the word. Because he's God. Finally, Satan brought the little if you be the son of God thing up the second time. And by the third time, he just said, it's also written, you won't tempt the Lord your God. He's like going, hey, you little punk, I'm going to tell you right now, I know I'm the Lord your God. Right? He's Lord of all. So he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone or by food only. But how shall man live? But by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God shall man, zoe, shall man live. So do you want to live in the life of God on the earth? Do you realize you can do that right now? All you got to do is get the word of God in your heart. Think about what the word says. If you're my child, I'll always lead you. I'm always with you. I'm always going to, every, every, everything you'd ever ask me for, every promise is always yes and so be it unto you. You'll know my voice, another voice you won't follow, and I'll open doors that no man can shut and shut doors no man can open. And oh, I'll make you the head and not the tail. You'll be above only and not beneath. I've redeemed you from the curse of sickness and disease and poverty and lack. Isn't this amazing? This, this is what God, the God who cannot lie, is saying to you today. Do we have anything to be upset about? The only way you can get upset is if you try to live not the way you're created. You're trying to live out of your flesh instead of living out of your spirit because your spirit believes this stuff. It is written. So God is saying here, Man is going to live the God kind of life based on every word. You know what the greatest word is? I love you. God, God comes to you and says, Courtney, I'm yours and you're mine. 
and I'll ne- my love for you will never wane. He comes, he says, Jeanette, don't ever fear anything because I'm with you and I love you with an everlasting love. Isn't that amazing? The Bible even calls us. He says, you're a peculiar people. It doesn't mean weird. Some Christians have taken that and, and they're walking in it, but they don't have to. The word will help them, right? But no, that word peculiar means that we're purchased. I'm purchased of God, and it also means I'm surrounded. So my God always goes before me, and he's always beside me, and he's always behind me, and he's above me and beneath me. As a matter of fact, he's in me, and he's walking in me, and I'm walking in him. I'm peculiar. That's what that Greek word means. Everywhere I go, he's there. If I don't know something, he will let me know. And and the Holy Spirit of God, who is God, will always show me things to come and always get me ready. Always get me ready for that next storm. So let's see a picture of this in the children of it, or in in the uh, the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve. Go to Genesis. I want you to see this. Genesis chapter 1 in verse 28. And I, and I believe we talked about this Friday night with the, with the college and career. It says in Genesis chapter 1, verse 28, and God blessed them and said unto them, oh boy, here we go. God is saying something. It means it's settled in heaven. It'll never pass away. And Jesus is going to watch over it to perform it. He said, be fruitful. Notice the first thing God said to his child is be fruitful. God wants your life fruitful in every way. He wants you bearing all your fruit while you're on this earth. And then he says this, and multiply. He wants your life multiplying in every area. God's not a big God of addition, right? Alex was talking to me before the service, and he said, and he's taught, remember you said, God's in the multiplication. That is so true. He's in the multiplication. He wants to multiply your finances. He wants to multiply everything in your life. Be fruitful and multiply. And then he said, and replenish the earth. Now that's really cool. So there must have been something here before Adam and Eve, right? That's a whole other teaching, but it's pretty cool. But that word replenish means bring life back to something that was once alive. Now, man wasn't here before, but there was a being here. When Satan got cast out of heaven, he messed that whole thing up. Replenish the earth and subdue it. Now, this is interesting, because the word subdue, it it literally means to conquer it. Adam Adam conquer the earth. Eve conquer the earth. What? Wait, I'm in the Garden of Eden. What do you mean, conquer? It means to conquer and to bring under permanent subjection. God wants you to do that now. To bring it under permanent subjection to disable from future resistance. That's what the word means, to subdue. Now, Jesus has already rendered Satan completely defeated and and, and rendered him powerless. So he has no power, but you have to subdue him because he will lie to you and lie to you and lie to you to get you to give him the authority that you have. 
He, he wants, he'll try to get you to look at circumstances and start speaking them so that he can have an open door into your life to come steal, kill, and destroy. Because he can't kick the door of your life down and come in here and take you out. You have to allow it. And oh, you know what? He'll attack you physically. He understands you have an unredeemed body. The Holy Spirit will help you in that. And, if, and, and that's why we call symptoms, we call them lying symptoms. Not because we don't believe they're there. It's because we believe they have no right there and they have to leave. Right? They're a lying symptom. They're, it's a, a symptom. Is a, it's literally a physical manifestation that the enemy's attacking you. He'd love to have you off the planet, but he can't do it unless you let him. So we're not going to let him. Then he says, and have dominion. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. Well, we learn, what is the one guy that's been moving on the earth? All the way back, the first book written in the Bible was the book of Job. It says that Satan's standing before the Lord, and God's like, what are you up to? And he goes, I'm going to and fro on the earth. We go to the New Testament, we find out as a roaring lion, he's walking to and fro on the earth, seeking whom he may devour. I am so happy that God said, Tony, have dominion over him. You know, that's really cool because let's say there's a, there's a, a tornado coming at your house. Guess what? It doesn't say that you have authority over tornadoes, but it says you have authority over Satan and guess who's the creator of tornadoes? We call them acts of God. you got to change it. Acts of the God of this world system. Because, no, no, no. See, I can't protect anybody else. But you know what? When we bought this building, this whole roof was destroyed by hail. But in Jesus' name, he can't destroy it by hail. Right? I might, I might not have authority over the neighbors over there. But, but we're going to stand here and go, no, when a storm comes, we speak to it in Jesus' name. We're not really, I mean, I'm speaking to the storm, but see, again, we're speaking to who's behind it. Wait, wait, for, wait till Jesus shows up and Satan's bound. The weather, it's going to be like Southern California. Have you ever seen, have you ever, if you've ever lived there, their weather people are stand-up comedians. Why? Because it's the same. So they got to make it interesting. So they're funny and they do, you know, it's ridiculous, right? But we're not going to, it's not going to be, oh man, you know, Florida got taken out by a hurricane. No, not in the millennium. So don't let them take out anything in your life. Have dominion in the earth. So here's the deal. This is the way it all started. In creation, Adam and Eve were created in the image and likeness of God, they were speaking spirits like God, right? They were to use their words to accomplish God's design in the earth. God's, God's plan was that the Garden of Eden would cover the whole earth. How were they going to do that? How were they going to keep that land? Do you think they had a bunch of tools and they're out there working real hard? No, they were using their words. They were use their words to accomplish God's plan and be fruitful and multiply and replenish. You, as a speaking spirit with the spirit of God in you, 
See, we have it even better than Adam and Eve because now we have the Holy Spirit in us. It's better than the disciples. Listen, if Jesus was hanging out with Peter trying to help him, and, and I'm over here, I'm John over here, and I need the Lord, well, he's not with me. But now he's with me all the time. But we're to use the Word of God to subdue and have dominion and to replenish and to be fruitful. Do you see that? In other words, Adam and Eve's words were to reflect God's heart and God's mind. Realize this, I'd write this down. Adam and Eve's words were to reflect the heart and the mind of God. After the fall, Adam and Eve's words reflected sin and death. And have you noticed as a child of God, you're a child of God with the Spirit of God dwelling in you, but your words can still reflect sin and death if you speak and look at your flesh and look at natural things. But oh, if you'll look at things you can't see, if you fix your eyes on Jesus and on his word, your words will reflect God's heart and God's mind. God wants you to be talking about his heart for you all the time. When you're talking to people, God wants your words to be talking to them about God's heart for them and what he thinks about them. Never sin, never death, right? This is huge. In Matthew chapter 12, we're going to look at this passage, but in verse 34, at the end of the verse, it says something really interesting. It says, for out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth will speak. And we learn from this, if you get the word of God in abundance in your heart, your mouth will speak. So the focus is not speaking right. The focus is keeping your eyes on the word and staying full of the word. Because when you're full of the word, it will come out of your mouth. See, when you get in life and you get pressed, what's in abundance is going to come out. Whether if the word is not in abundance in your heart, then you're going to be speaking out of your unrenewed mind right? It, you can't fake that when the pressure is on. Whatever you get in your heart in abundance and comes out of your mouth, we're talking about the Word of God, will control your life. So you have to be really careful. This is why the Word of God says, guard your heart with all diligence, because out of your heart flows the boundaries of your life. So this is huge. I think Henry Ford, didn't he say it this way from a natural standpoint? If you think you can or if you think you can't, you're right. Right? Why? Because you're going to speak what you're thinking. You could say it this way, whatever you get in your heart in abundance is going to control and dominate your life. You could say it this way, the controlling factor of our lives is what you're saying with your mouth. You can change your whole life with your words. <clears throat> now here's a really cool thing. Now remember, 
In Christ, there's no guilt and shame and condemnation. Now, someone who's in Christ is walking after the Spirit, not after the flesh. But here's a, here's a truth that'll help you. Your words will locate where you are. It'll, it'll tell you right where you are. Spiritually mature people, they will choose and measure their words and then speak with purpose so that their words are going to do something. Like, as, as I'm ministering today, my, the goal is that I minister out of what I'm hearing in my heart. So like today, I'm using notes. Well, where did these notes come from? Man, they just flowed as the Lord was preaching to me. But you know, I'm saying a lot more that's in the notes. Why? Well, the Spirit of God, the goal. See, if you come here and start hearing stuff from me, you'll notice there's no life in it. But oh, if it's His words, they're full of life. And I could be talking about this, and He'll talk to you about something completely different. It's amazing how that works. What is a spiritually mature pe person? The Bible says that a spiritually mature person speaks the truth, the Word of God, in love. Children are tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. Why are they tossed to and fro? Because they hear some crazy stuff and then they start speaking it and it just takes their life all over the place. Right? So, what, see, do you see how you got to be careful because you can, you can go with the flow and abandon this and it'll make perfect sense. But, but you got to stick with the word. Do you know the number one reason why churches have trouble? It's a, it's the, it's a statistic. is because the church government is all messed up. And you're in a church government situation. I know, I know one pastor friend of mine, he has a 21-member council. And he really believes... That, you know, my call is from God, but how I walk out my call, I have to submit to these 21 people. And, and he'll admit, some of them aren't even born again. But most of the time, it's just people that have money. They're leaders. And we're going to... I mean, there's churches... Do you realize there's churches that, that where pastors have pulpit committees? I'm, I'm going to... Pastor, I'm going to teach you. And, and after the service, we're going to sit down next week and we're going to say, hey, you know... Uh, you kind of said this, and, and we don't really want you talking too much about this. And could you imagine? How, but how would that mess you up? Because I know for me, man, I got to hear from him. Right? Now, does that mean we throw out church government? Oh, no, 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 you can't do that. Because then now you're just out there on your own, and it's a mess. But you've got to stay with the word in relation to healing. Does God heal some and not others? Or has God provided healing in the atonement and it's available for everyone? You've got to ask that question. How do you answer it? Well, I think this, forget that. No, no, what does the Bible say? I remember moving to Omaha. This, <laughs> the Lord told me that this, that this area, um, they, don't, they don't have great respect yet for the fivefold ministry gifts, uh, and it's because they, we, we need to grow in our respect for the Lord. But it's just like we're all running around. We go to Bible studies, and we're like, okay. So we're in a Bible study, so I'm like, so Leanne, 
what do you think, what is your interpretation of this verse? I've heard that so much. Gosh, don't ever ask me what my interpretation of a verse is. I would not even want my interpretation, right? I want to know what it, it says, right? Why? Because his word's an enablement. Your words locate where you are. Check these verses out real quick. Proverbs chapter 10 in verse 11. It says, The mouth of the righteous man is a well of life. Your mouth is to be a well that pours out the word of God, the Zoe life of God. Psalm 119 in verse 172. Psalm 119, verse 172, it says this, My tongue shall speak of thy word. Isn't that awesome? And look, at it, it finishes, For all thy commandments are righteousness. I love that. In Psalm 17, chapter 17, in verse 4, that verse finishes up by saying, By the word... Of your lips, I have kept thee from the paths of the destroyer. Your, your, God will use your words to keep you from the paths of the destroyer. Because he's walking around to and fro, seeking whom he may devour. The God of heaven, by his spirit, will take you and prompt you to speak the word of God. See, it's if you, if you don't have the word first place, you're in trouble and don't know it. Get the word first place in your life. Because your words will locate you. It'll help you. Your words will keep you from the paths of the destroyer. So now let's jump to Matthew chapter 12. Matthew chapter 12 and verse 35. You guys doing okay today? God wants to make your words have more weight. I mean, think about this. What if every word you spoke came to pass? Do you know if every word I spoke came to pass, we would not have a lovely little dog named Zoe. She would have burst into flames long ago. Right? I probably wouldn't, if every word that I've ever spoken comes to the pass, I probably wouldn't be alive. Because I've said ridiculous things, like my back is killing me right? But you know what? Here's the thing. Your words do come to pass. It's just not instantly. But God wants you to grow to where now you're not speaking idle words, worthless words, words with no purpose. Because he wants your words to have weight. To walk by faith. According to Mark eleven twenty three, 23, you have to believe your words right? Whoever will say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass, he'll have whatever he says. Interesting. So in Matthew chapter 12, let's go on. We, we talked a little bit about verse 34, but in verse 35, it says a good man out of the good treasure. That word treasure is the Greek word that means deposit. A good man out of the good treasure or deposit of the heart brings forth good things, and an evil man out of the evil treasure 
brings forth evil things. Jesus says, but I say to you, boy, listen now, he's about to say something, right? Every idle word, every useless word, every inactive word that men shall speak, they shall give an account. This word account means they'll give a reason thereof in the day of judgment. Now, this is not talking about the judgment seat of Christ because this word judgment is, is literally translated in the day of decision. Every day of your life is a day of decision. Today, you're, it's, even though it's the weekend, Memorial Day weekend, you're going to make decisions today. You're going to decide whether you're going to believe and act on the Word of God or believe what you see or what you feel. And, it, and it's ongoing. Every, everything I've ever preached on, you're tested on this material. We all are. The cool thing is, it's an open book test, and the one who has all the answers will tell you what page the answer's on. The bummer about it is, though, your flesh doesn't want to ask him. Right? So it says here that every idle word, you're going to give a reason for it in the day of decision. How that happens is you're speaking out of your flesh, you're speaking what you feel, and all of a sudden, three years later, you got a problem in your life. But it all started back here when you started speaking death. This is driving me nuts. This is driving me crazy. My foot is killing me. I, I, I'm, I'm an idiot. We got to get rid of all that stuff because it'll blind you. It'll make you weak. Sometimes we say things just because it's cute. You know, when I even joke in church, sometimes I'm like, I, it, it's, the, it's coming from the same place as the word. It's hilarious. Do you know how many people have come up to me and said, oh man, you said that, that was so funny, and it woke me up. I was kind of drifting. Right? I, it's, it's amazing how the Lord will help us. But you know, I've said, I've said things out of my mouth that just I think are cute. That's not from Him. And it'll hurt me. Or it could hurt the person if they take it. Right? It says here, for verse 37, here's the reality, for by your words you shall be justified. That literally means, to be justified means you'll be acquitted and set free by your words. So let's say you do an action and, and it's messed up some things in your life. Guess what? Your words can change that. And by your words, you shall be condemned. That means you'll be sentenced and taken into bondage. Notice your words. So this scripture tells us you can't deposit good and speak evil. You can't deposit evil and speak good. So if you want to live on the internet and surf Facebook and look at all the really cute YouTube videos all day and all night long and never get in the Word, guess what? You're going to probably not be speaking what you need to be speaking. Right? You frame your world with the words that you speak out of your mouth that come from your heart. That's how you're to frame your world. God wants you to put His Word 
in your heart and you put it in your heart by speaking it and, you're, and, you're, and you speak God's word coming out of your heart because it's in abundance. The things in your life come forth from your heart. You gotta know that. My destiny, my future is in my heart. So I need to speak out of that, right? In Psalm 119, in verse 65, it says this, You have dealt well with your servant, O Lord, according to your word. God deals with us according to his word. That's how he's able to get things in our life. It all comes from his word. In Numbers 14, 28, though, it says this, Say unto them, as truly as I live. Now this, this phrase literally means it's an oracle of God. It's a never-ending, unchanging law of God. As truly as I live, says the Lord, as you've spoken in my ears, so will I do to you. Now it's in the permissive tense, so literally it would say, as you've spoken in my ears, so will I allow in your life. God has to allow what you allow. So we see from this that God deals with us on the basis of his word and our words. So this is why the word confession is the Greek word homologeo. It means to say the same thing. God wants you to say the same thing that he says about your life. Right? You'll never rise above your confession I don't confess what I can do. I confess what he has done. I can say I can do all things, keep going, through Christ that strengthens me. See, I don't just speak what I can do. I have to speak what he has done. See, mental assent says the word is true. However, you never see any fruit of it in your life. Why? Because the word is only in your head and it's not in your heart. And, and we have to watch that. See, you always will say out of your mouth what you see. What, so, so if you're looking at the wrong thing, you're going to say the wrong thing. If you look at that empty checkbook and you look at that stack of bills on your table and that is the focus, you're not going to be able to see that the God of heaven has already met all your needs. Yeah, but I can't see it. No, that's right. But don't worry about that because if you can't see something, it means it's unchangeable. Everything that you can see is subject to change. So remember this, mental ascent will speak about the mountain to everybody. But faith of the heart will speak to the mountain and tell it to get out of your life. It'll tell it to move. This is why, and, and as we come down, as we come down to close this out now, and worship team, you could get ready. They might already be back there getting ready. In Hebrews 10.23, this is why God's word tells us, Hebrews 10.23, let us hold fast let us seize hold of the profession of our faith without wavering 
The, that word profession is the Greek word confession. It's the Greek word homologeo. It means to say the same thing. Let us hold fast, let us seize hold of the confession of our faith without wavering. Why? Because he is faithful that promised. It's forever. What he's promised me is forever settled in heaven. It can't be changed. He submits to it and it will be established forever. Isn't that good news? This is huge. It's established forever. Hold fast. Hold fast to your confession of faith. I'm telling you, as you sit here today, I want to encourage you. You know, this is a wonderful time. I want to encourage you, and we're going to pray as a church for those, you know, Memorial Day, we are, we are literally honoring those, those men and women who have served in our armed forces who've literally paid the ultimate price for our freedom. They've, they've, they've passed from this world. They died for, for freedom. And so we want to pray for their family. We can't pray for them, right? But we can pray for their families. So we'll do that. But you know, it's really neat because you're going to have today, uh, you're going to have even tomorrow to just take some time what has God spoken to you? What, is, what, what jumps off the page at your heart? God wants you to walk in it and experience it. And he'll help you. Oh, he'll get all the junk out of your life. You don't have to. He'll, he'll bring you. He'll get you back on the path if you're not on the path. He'll tell you what adjustments to make. He is your guide. He is the God who loves you. And you have greatness in you. You have, you have literally a divine call on your life. And, and, and see here, God knew you before he ever created this whole earth. And he is committed. He's a finisher. God's a finisher. And he'll get you across that finish line. You haven't messed it up. So, so use, just spend some time with him. And, and let him minister to you. And he'll help you with your words. And, and you'll notice, you'll start, you, you, need to, you need to be talking about how much God loves you every day. A lot. Because you need to see that so that you can walk in it. Amen?